20 minutes of filler podcast episode 11 i'm your host jason Katarski. i'm andy lennox and we are here to share about some great little games that are good for connecting people and bringing people into the kind of the, the the hobby gaming um universe we just like to kind of just poke at this space of these little quick easy to teach approachable games uh that are just you know fun to throw in your pocket and take and introduce to people wherever you go but before we get into our topic of the day um I just want to chat, dude. What's happening? How are you? Great. I uh, played a game this week called uh, Lord of the Rings. It is a there's a there's the Reiner Knizia game that came out in 2000. It's a co-op card game, and I thought it was sort of. It's definitely not a filler game, but I thought I thought I wanted to mention it on the podcast because it's an older game. But um, I thought it was interesting how light the card play in the game was. Um, if you have a chance to check it out, I would I would definitely get a get a hold of a copy. I found it at a thrift fair for like ten bucks. Nice. Oh uh, yeah, but there's like three, there's four different boards, and there's like an overarching board, and it's it's an epic game. But in the game, you you you're on your turn, you either play one or two cards and draw two cards. So it was like this really super like silly light card game that, because of the progression through the different boards, becomes this epic game. Um, so me and my friends played that, and we were instantly enamored with it. Everybody, and we did terribly. Uh, I don't think we made it past the she lobs layer. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got us. So that that game's that's what we've been playing lately. Uh, so what have you been playing? Well, first, you know, I I I played Lord of the Rings uh, like twice. Yeah, but not, I mean, not recently. But when you when you bring it up, I've only played it as a solitaire game though, with uh, playing three different characters my, by myself, just taking taking turns. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a neat experience. It felt very unique, and and you got to give it to Canizia for really introducing uh, the co op game experience into the gaming industry in a big way. Yeah, it feels very like the the prototype of a lot of like the current co op games. But just that that simple mechanic of like play one or two cards and it progresses you along two tracks. Like while while we, when we started playing, we're like this is all there is. Like this <laughs> this is all you do. This okay. And then we started getting hit with some of the events that happen. And then we started not having enough of some certain resource. And then like every level has different uh, cards that sort of unlock and you can get them. And and we were like, oh, what's around the next bend? What can we like discover in the next board? And how can we keep everyone from dying and becoming corrupted and becoming Sauron's little puppet? Like, yeah, <laughs> it was super fun. That's it's really cool how such a simple idea can totally get you into that theme of the game, and it progresses as you go. Um, you know, and and like we talk about these little simple games. You know, he just he just takes a simple idea and builds it to a bigger experience. So, yeah, um, yeah that's cool. I'd love to play that again sometime. What but have you been playing? I've been playing, um, well, not a ton, but I, I played uh, today with my wife. We played Jason Slingerland, our buddy from Building the Game Podcast's um, Water Balloon Washout, a game that he successfully kickstarted and self-published. We're going to have him on the show before too long. But it's a it's a nice, light um, game where you're a bunch of kids like throwing water balloons at each other and trying to like set up your defenses and try to be the kids, like the last kid standing. So... Um, I bought two copies and I haven't opened them yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you put them together, you'll be able to play with eight people. That's going to be insane. Totally, but it's a it's it's a kind of game. As soon as I played it, I'm like, this you know this is this is pretty cool. But but where I think I'm most excited is that like my five year old's going to be able to play that game with me pretty soon. It's got a little bit of reading on the cards, but uh, the pictures are there mm-hmm. enough to be able to just like 
that after playing through it once or twice, she's going to be able to know what does what, and we'll have a water balloon fight, and uh, it'll be it'll be a fun little little family game. Cool for us. I, I the only other game I think of that I played was um, a game that I've been working on for the last uh, I don't know I guess I guess it's been just over a year now um, called Fidelitas, a game that I designed with uh, Philip DeBerry. So kind of uh, got a new prototype uh, going to that and trying to kind of bring that back to the forefront of. Uh, my game development life because there's some big plans uh, for that coming around the bend. So, um, yeah. So just been playing that and playing uh, played Water Balloon Washout and uh, just kind of hanging out mostly. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, what's the topic for today? Well, it's funny you should ask that. <laughs> it's not funny at all because what we're here to do is talk about the topic. So we are gonna dig into something. That is going to just be way over our heads. We we messed up. <laughs> Let me just say that we messed up. <laughs> you see, we, we we were like, let's pick a topic that's that we can talk about in twenty minutes, real quick, no big deal. Trick taking games. Yeah, yeah. We so basically, what's going to happen is we're going to barely scratch the surface surface of this topic. And we're going to just share a little bit about some of the games that we've had some experience with. Because trick-taking games are just classic traditional card games. And there's so many of them. Um, they, they go back a long time. Um, so Andy is going to share a little bit about some of that some of that history just briefly. Yeah, so uh, the current playing cards as we know them started coming around in Spain in like 1371. Um, and... Shortly thereafter, like within the next hundred years, the first mention of a trick-taking game was mentioned in Europe, and it was called Carnoffel. And you said you found a copy of... Yeah, um, there's a company that's printing it. They're printing all these traditional kind of games that are like these regional games. They have like... Um, they, they put out Scopa, idea. the Italian game, oh, um, yeah. which, which is a really neat game. And they put out this Carnoffel one, but I saw it at Barnes and Noble, like it's, you know, 18 bucks or something. And, uh, I just saw the name of it. So when you mentioned that, I'm like, Oh, I, I saw that the other day at Barnes and Noble. That's like one of those situations where I, th- I think they don't, they had to fill in the blanks of what the rules were. Like it's a historical game. So they don't know, like people didn't write really in depth rule books of games back then. So you had to like piece together what they thought the gameplay would be like that'd be interesting to play that yeah um so we might need to pick that up and talk about it at some point in time but carnoffel was the first the oldest known trick-taking game um but like the most popular uh, maybe not most popular but the most well-known old trick-taking game is called whist Mm -hmm. um whist is sort of like the prototypical trick-taking game have you ever played whist i've never played yeah whist. me neither um but it's it, like all the it has all the pieces of trick-taking games like you'll if you read the rules about it and i'll put it in the show notes um it's like yeah i've i've done that i've done that i've done that you just check down the list it's like that sounds familiar so we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves like what what makes it a, a trick-taking game yes um so a trick-taking game, the basic structure is you deal out some number of cards and uh, the dealer deals out some no- number of cards. The person next to the dealer then leads a card. And there's always someone who... It's called leading the trick. Um, and generally in trick-taking games, you have to follow follow the leader in some way. So, the tr- so say a spade is led, everyone has to play a spade if they can. Um, that's true of pretty much every trick-taking game I've ever played. 
If you cannot follow, then you can play whatever card you want. Um, another thing about trick-taking games is like they all have tr- like they don't all have this, but there's always a trump. That's a very common. Uh, it's a very common thing where there's games. a trump card. Um, so in some games, you flip the top of the you flip the top card of the deck, and the trump changes every round. And there's some um, there's some variants of trick-taking games where there there is just one suit that is ded- the dedicated trump. Um, and and then there's and then there's the concept of winning a trick. So the high, usually the highest card wins of of all the cards played of the lead suit of the lead suit right and then that person whoever won the, takes the trick and then there's like two types of scoring that go in that go into trick taking games one is like you just score up a, a straight up point for every trick you take and the other is you can score points based on the, the actual cards that are in the tricks yeah certain so, cards have values and others don't yes so those are like the two main ways of scoring. And, it, and there's a, I think there's a third way too that is really important to tricky games, and that's kind of the contract or bidding. So it's where you 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 predict how many tricks you can win, and you get you get points based on if you predicted that correctly, or you get negative points if you're over or under. So that's another really common thing in trick taking. Yep. Um, often the person who won the trick is the one who uh, leads the next round. So. Um, that's a pretty common thing in, in all trick taking games. Um, then there's there's perfect information trick taking games, and then there's trick taking games with a stock. So a trick taking game with perfect information, you deal out all the cards, and all the cards are known. But so then you you can deduce what what other people might have based on what you don't. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And what's been played. Right. And then there's trick taking games with a stock where there's cards that are undealt. So you don't know all the cards that are played. Um, so that's a, a common thing that switches in, in, in those games. Also, another common um, a common rule is partnerships. So a really big game around in the Michigan area is Euchre. Like, yep. lots of people. Like, trick-taking games tend to be regional, and, and Euchre is definitely the king trick-taking game in the Michigan area. Like, if you go deer hunting up north, you're going to be yeah, playing yeah. lots of Euchre. Um, and I think I think people play lots of Euchre because it's easy to drink lots of beer and play lots of Euchre. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very quick variant. But but in Euchre, there's partnerships. There's also other... Um, Spades other, is also another partnership Spades, game. Spades Bridge is another partner partnership game. That's tricky. Yeah, I think what's really interesting is that is that you do find that like um, different groups of people have their trick taking game. It's almost like anybody who plays cards, anybody who is into games, like they usually have their trick taking game. Yeah, and and there's tons of 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 you know hearts, euchre, uh, spades, um, you know whist, bridge, the, the, these different games. Pinochle. Uh, Pinochle. Uh, oh hell, up and down the river. Um, the, there, there's so many of these different different games that people just grab a hold of. They, they can be played with traditional decks of cards, but since we are the geeky gamer types, we, we want to talk about a few, just kind of feature a, a few quick games um, that are actual like published games that are published with a custom deck. Mm-hmm. So um, we kind of you know laid the ground a little bit for what a trick take gaming game is, and, and that's familiar to you in whatever way you've played them. But if you kind of want a game that that maybe. Um, you can take to the people who you know who know a trick-taking game, 
but you can find something that, that connects with their experience by adding some new kind of modern gaming twists to it. Um, maybe we'll help you a little bit with that today. So Andy wants to share about uh, a game. Uh, first of all, it, it is a game that, that is just was just re-released last year by Z-Man Games um, called Black Spy. But historically, it was released in 1981 by Avalon Hill Game Company. And um, it is the first published game by one of my favorite designers, Alan Moon, the, the designer of Ticket to Ride. So uh, Andy's going to explain a little bit about how that one works. Yeah, so Black Spy is a trick-taking game where you have five suits of cards um, numbered from 1 to 11. And each number, each rank of card is, is called something else, something. So there's an inform, and they're all themed after spy stuff. So there's an which informer. really doesn't matter a whole. Lot. It doesn't, but it's kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. There's a, like an informer and an operative and a yeah. double agent, and, and the and the sevens are all spies. Okay. So <clears throat> there's, but the so the in this game points are bad. Getting points is bad, and all of the black cards are worth points. So. One through six, each black card is worth one point. But the black spy, the seven, is worth ten points. That's that's bad. And then the eight is worth two, the nine is worth three, so on and so but forth. But there are there are six black spies yes. in the deck where there are only single cards of every other card in the deck. Exactly. The spies of all the other colors are worth negative five points. Um, so in this game... Whoever has the red one starts <clears throat> red one starts off play. They play the first card. And uh, it works like a almost like a regular trick taking game, except for if you 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 have to follow suit, but you can also follow the number played. So if somebody leads a a red three, you have to play either a red card or a three. Um But the highest red card will win that trick. Exactly. And if you and if it matches, it's the first person to play it. So if the if the person who plays the red three, everybody else plays threes, the person who played the red three keeps they they win that trick. Um, so this game, and that's about all there is to the rules. When you hit two hundred points, uh, the game's over, and points are bad. Don't get black cards. Um, uh, like every other trick taking game I've ever played, it's. There's a lot of subtlety and like oh and I forgot to mention after you deal out the cards you pick three cards in your hand and you pass them to the left mm -hmm. um, to kind of call your hand a little bit and set yourself up. Um, this game is I've 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 played it a handful of times and it is too deep <laughs> and too difficult <laughs> for me to for me to really understand like the the subtleties that are in this game. It is. There's a lot of there's a lot going on there, especially like in, in a lot of trick taking games, you can try and short suit yourself by getting rid of a certain suit, and that doesn't always work in this game because you have to follow the number played. So if somebody's like, yeah, I got rid of all my greens, great. I don't have any green cards. If somebody leads green, I can play whatever I want. I can stick them with that black seven, and they're they're hosed. But if somebody plays like a three and I have a three of blue, then I have to, even if it's the green three, I still have to play my blue three. So, um, so you have to short yourself on numbers too. So it's really, it's thinky in that way because you're not only playing to the suit, you're playing to the rank. So what did you think about that? I thought it was a really neat game. Um, I, I, I got really lucky. 
and I played. I think I played pretty well too. Um, there's a lot of little subtle decisions, and that's the thing with these games. Um, they're gonna grow with you. The more you play them, the better you're gonna get at these games. If you play a trick-taking game with a group of people one time, and it's the first time, like they're probably gonna be lost, right? Yeah. So like these games, like are, are games that benefit from being played over and over again. So they're great for like a dedicated group. If you have a family that likes trick-taking games, maybe introduce like one of these, you know, like something like Black Spy. To, specifically, as Andy's explaining it, you might be listening and thinking, oh. That's hearts. Like Alan Moon designed Black Spy as a hearts variant, just with a couple little twists and in this added theme. So um, it, they're games that, that grow. So right off the bat, you know they're 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 hard to to hook you because they make you feel stupid sometimes. Because you're like, what did I do wrong? How can I do this better? I don't I don't get it. Um, but it's but a that's, fun puzzle experience. It's all about managing your hand. But it's that's all about also, timing and guessing and. That's also the draw of the trick taking game, though, because. It's a lot of the fillers we talk about are fun to take out and you and it's fun from the first play and it fills that time and like maybe you don't want to play it a hundred times. You know what I mean? Like if you a lot of the games we've talked about, if you yeah. played it a hundred times you'd be like, I don't ever want to play that game again. Right. But with trick taking games like you if you've played it a hundred times, maybe you're starting to get good at it now. Right, right. <laughs> and I mean and that's why you can look back and say trick taking games started coming around 500 years ago and people are still playing them and still making twists on them and tweaking them but that's the funny thing too is like the twists that people are making them are very subtle right and it's and because i think it's one of those uh i think it's one of those game types that have has just really it's very developed you know what i mean and it's it doesn't need to go any much further and all the all the twists that people put on it are going to be subtle Good stuff. Yeah. So Black Spy from Z-Man Games. Beautiful, beautiful artwork on the new edition. Check it out um, if you're interested in playing a little twist on hearts or if you like the spy theme. Uh, the game I'm going to share real quick is one of my favorites. It's uh, designed by Ken Fisher, and it is called Wizard. And uh, it, my wife introduced me to this game. It's a simple game, and it's going to probably sound familiar to those people who play Spades. Uh, Spades is a partnership game, and Wizard is not. But the idea is built around... Um, bidding so you you deal out a certain number of cards and what's great about this game is is you don't feel as lost when you're first learning this game um, because you start each round you have a certain number of cards so round one of the game you get dealt one card each and then you flip the middle card and that's trump for the for the for that that round and um you get to go around and bid how many tricks do you think you'll you'll win so that first round everybody only has one card so only one person is going to win one trick and you just think, okay, do I have a really high card? Do I have a card that's really high in Trump? And you make your bids. Uh, if you guess correctly, you get uh, 20 points. Plus, you get 10 points for each trick you won. If you predict it wrong and you say, I'm going to get three tricks, you only get two, you're going to get minus 10 because you you were wrong by one trick. You get 10 points for every trick that you were either over or under, negative. Um, so that's how the scoring works in that. But the cool thing about Wizard is that that each round you get a few more cards. You get one more card. So next round you get two cards. Next round you get three. Round after that you get four. And you go all the way up to till all the cards uh, ha- have been dealt. And that's a full game. So so it starts really simple. And you're learning it. And there's just a few more decisions to make. There's It gets a little bit more difficult to be able to figure out um, if you're going to win those tricks or how you're going to win those. And the key then becomes into like, okay, I think I can probably win this many. 
and then playing your cards in a way so you can lose all the tricks that you don't want to win. <laughs> And the other twist about Wizard that sets it apart from something like Spades is is the special cards. Um, it's a standard deck of cards with the the four suits, um, Ace through uh, through through King, but it also includes four Wizards, which are the ultimate trump card. You can play it at any time; it always wins. And then there's the Jesters, which you can play at any time, and whenever you play a Jester, it's a guaranteed lose. You did not win that. So, um, like like Andy mentioned, there's these subtle little twists um and and that are variations on older games uh, this one doesn't have an have an added theme or anything but it's a really great kind of casual game to get people into and if you're introducing trick play um, trick taking games to people wizard might be a really good one to start with just because you do start with that really small hand size and the game grows the more you play it so you can learn it as you go rather than being overwhelmed in black spy you deal out all the cards in the beginning with three players, you have 20 cards in your hand. And that's a lot to figure out what to do with. Mm -hmm. um, so, but but it's it's still a fun puzzle. So uh, that's Black Spy, and that's Wizard, and that is what's scratching the surface of trick-taking games. We're going to have to come back to this one. Yeah, cause... this will be part two, three, four, five, and six. <laughs> Probably not right now, but um, definitely. We, I love trick-taking games, so I love exploring um, these games when they come up. Um, do you have any other just favorites that you want to give a shout out for? But as before we kind of wrap up, without I, telling I kinda, us anything about it, what is some of your favorite tree taking games? I, I euchre. euchre, like I said, like Michigan euchre. You, it's so easy. It's it's pretty easy to play, and there's a couple weird subtleties. And when looking back at euchre, there's so many bizarre rules that like. And like oh, yeah. the way the right you do scores, and, yeah, yeah and like, and then you can go it alone without your partner if you want to. In certain cases, that's why you got to get into one and learn the ins and outs of it because there's all these little exactly. subtle rules. Um, what's, another one what's that I yours? that I you know I want I want to say haggis, but people would say haggis isn't doesn't that's, count because it's a climbing game. We're gonna have to talk about but that. But it's like one. the older brother of trick taking games. It's yeah. kind of the next step for even more strategy games. Like uh, clubs is a lighter version of a. Uh, uh, a trick-taking game or a climbing game and then there's haggis which is kind of a lighter version of of tishu so uh that's a whole nother genre which we will maybe scratch the surface of someday as well but for now we have dug a hole in its deep <laughs> and we messed up <laughs> but thank you thank you for tuning in to 20 minutes of filler we'll see you next week with some special guests uh matt riddle and ben pinchback the designers of fleet and the upcoming eggs and empires which will be uh hitting kickstarter from griffin games just uh the same time that this podcast so is excited. going up so uh, make sure to check out that that that's a filler game so we're gonna be talking more about that next week thanks a lot for tuning in and we will see you after you've played some great little games take care